Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. How you guys doing? Awesome. So glad you are here today. Thank you so much for coming out to Freedom Church. And if it's your first time here in the auditorium or the first time watching online, thank you for tuning in. We are blessed to be living and breathing. How about we give praise to the one who gives us breath and life, Jesus Christ. Let's give him some love, all right? So we started off this new series last week and we're talking about bearing fruit. And that's something we want to do in our lives as we walk with Christ. And so what I want to do is each week we're going to take a look at each one of these attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. And so with that being said, I want to ask you to do one favor for me in honor of God's Word. Would you please stand with me one more time? And I want to ask you to audibly recite out the fruit of the Spirit with me in these two verses, Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. Here we go. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Father, we love you and thank you for your word today. May it penetrate our hearts, make us become closer to you. Or Lord, I pray someone's going to know you for the first time. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody says... Amen. You may take your seat. So last week when we kicked it off, um, love is the, is the kickoff, which really is the start of the attributes of all the attributes because you have to have that love relationship. But what I talked about was that there's a battle when it comes to love between being self-centered versus being other-centered. And the only way that you're ever going to truly love is to have the love of God penetrate your heart. And you've got to let go and let God. It tells us about that there in Romans 12 and 2, how that we've got to let God transform us in our, by, in our minds, being able to help us to change the way we think. So with that being said, I gave you a love challenge. And the love challenge in the 2-3 question in Philippians 2-3, basically the challenge is, do I treat others as more important than myself? And then I talked about as we walk through the life, the life as we go, we've got to look and seize every opportunity that we can to be able to share the love of God with somebody. Because there's always somebody hurting, there's always somebody broken, there's always somebody that's down and out and could be lifted up by the love that you give them. But ultimately when it comes down to the end of that right there, we've got to remember love is a choice and that's something that God wants us to be able to do. So today as we move forward into joy, Here's what I know about joy. It has been a tough time to be joyful, especially over the last year. You think about it, with all the uncertainties that's happened to us and when COVID hit our globe, people were living in fear, people were losing jobs, people were getting sick, people were ultimately dying. And today, when you think about joy, and you think about joy in your particular life, I want to ask you this question. How many of you within the last day or week or month, maybe in the last year, you've really ha- had a hard time finding joy? Would you be honest enough to raise your hand? 
Well, I hope and pray after today that I want to encourage you about joy and what it looks like. And so one thing is joyful. Uh, most of us, if not all of us, pretty well, we really didn't get to do a lot of vacationing last year unless you just went outside somewhere and pitched a tent. But anyway, we are moving into a, a time of vacation season. It looks like things are opening up, and thank God for that. Uh, but one thing that I've always done and when I went to Florida— uh, I go to Florida each summer. I love that. I like to go down there, and I love to enjoy the beach. And, and a lot of times, the kids, my kids, want to go to the parks. Now, how many of you here enjoy going to parks? Any of you guys like to do that? Yes, a lot of people do. Uh, we like to go to Universal and Islands of Adventure. So now, when we go there, the kids always want me to get on a roller coaster with them because I love roller coasters. I don't know about you, but a lot of you may enjoy roller coasters. Well, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever been to Islands of Adventure and you have rode on the Incredible Hulk? Raise your hand. Yes, several people in here. There was a bunch more people in the last service, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. We need to start a group about roller coasting, maybe an ING group. I don't know. But anyway, with that being said, it is such a phenomenal roller coaster, and I want you to check out. This is as close as I can get you on it from the front seat here, and I want you to watch this as you see the Incredible Hulk. Check this out. So is there anybody kind of going, if you are, we'll get you a barf bag, okay? But I'm telling you what, that is a thrill of a lifetime. But it makes me think in this measure. It's kind of like in life, we're running after the incredible hulk of happiness. You say, what do you mean by that, the incredible hulk of happiness? Basically, when it comes to happiness, happiness is where that you and I, we're on this roller coaster of emotions, and our happiness is based on the next set of circumstances. You follow what I'm talking about? I remember when I got my first car, my first car and driving it. It was a 1974 Pontiac Grand Prix. It had a 400 small block in it, 400 turbo transmission, and I thought I was cock of the wall. Because in that automatic car, you could gun that car, man, and it roared down through that quadrant. And then when it would hit second gear, it would bark the tire. And people would look and say, yeah, that's me. You know what I'm saying? I thought, but quickly, the happiness of that left. 
You know, it's just, it's just a happy, happy moment. So, but we have this happiness-seeking nature about us as individuals. And, and if we choose the right friends, if I choose the right spouse, if I choose the right career path, if I choose even the right church, man, it's going to make me happy. If I just make more money, if I'm able to do that, then I'm going to be more happy if I have more zeros on my bank account. And then there's that vanity world view. <laughs> That Vanity Fair worldview. It's like those ladies that read Vanity Fair. You know, vanity means emptiness. They're reading emptiness, emptiness fair is what they're reading. But anyway, but you think about, do you think about Vanity Fair worldview? They say, well, if I just eat right, if I exercise, if I look good, if I tan, if I get laser and I get liposuction, and then we think we're well on our way to happiness. And then one day we look in the mirror and we say, mirror, mirror on the wall, and we get wrinkles and we lose our teeth and our hair. And then we say, who's the fairest of them all <laughs> accomplishments that's another thing that's going to make me happy accomplishment if i can get first string as the quarterback if i can make the cheerleading squad if i get the promotion if i become manager maybe i'll make president what if i get the ceo position then i'll have the the nicest house and i'll, I'll be in an upscale neighborhood and i'll drive the coolest car and it goes on and on and on that's gonna bring me happiness absolutely for sure and then when we get to the top of the accomplishment ladder all of a sudden we'll look around and we'll wonder was all that sacrifice really worth it the question really is this does god want me and you to be happy no no god doesn't want us to be happy god doesn't want us to be miserable but God's not interested in our happy. God wants to take you beyond the fleeting feelings that you have of happiness to a rich and satisfying life full of His joy. And when you think about the word happiness, the root word of that is the, is the Latin word hap. That Latin word hap means chance. It means happiness, therefore, is based on happenings and circumstances. But look at Psalm 43. It says, there I will go to the altar of God, the psalmist says, to God, the source of all my joy. He's saying the source of all my joy, God is saying. So the source to be able to have continual joy and not be caught up in a roller coaster of incredible emotions, the source is on a new course. But we've got to really understand what joy is. Now, when you look at what joy is from a worldly perspective, it talks about how that it would be an intense and especially ecstatic or exultant happiness. Or maybe it's a manifestation of such feelings that you get or a source or an object <coughs> of pleasure or satisfaction. But this is what I want you to grab today. This is Christian joy we're talking about. It's got anything to do with the joy of the world. Because joy, this, the world don't own any joy. It's all his joy. So I want you to look at what it says and what I'm telling you what Christian joy is. Christian joy is a good feeling in the soul that's produced by the Holy Spirit through our personal relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. See, it's a positive confidence that I can possess by knowing and trusting God regardless of any circumstances that I go through, regardless of what you may go through in your life. Now, we're all going to face joy jammers. You say, what do you mean? Think about the last time that you really had joy and then some joy jamming situation come into it. Take your mind back there just for a moment with me and park there. 
What is it in your life that has derailed your joy recently? See, believing that we need to be happy is a myth. It's a myth in our lives, and so many people get caught up in it, but it's much more. We as human beings, we get caught up in selfishness. It's all about getting, not giving. That will derail your joy. We as human beings will we'll get caught up in bitterness where someone has hurt us. And so we go around hurting all the time instead of seeking healing from God Almighty. Or maybe we let our joy be derailed by fear because we live in fear all the time. We focus on the problems in the life instead of the power that God wants to have us to be able to have faith in Him. So think about a few questions when it comes to life's journey. And I want to get you to think with me through this for a moment. Where are you going? Think about your life right where you're at. Where are you going? And I'm talking about in the perspective of priorities. Because that's what's important. I remember distinctively whenever we started Freedom Church and Freedom Church took off in, in, in 2002 and it got the attention of our national office that was helping us financially, was starting the church to the National Missions Office. And they come to me and they said, you have taken, your church has taken off uh, through national missions and home missions more than any other church we've ever had in our history. We would like to hire you to help us to be able to help other churches and to be a new church startup coach. So after praying through that and through that process, that's what we did. And I quit a 13-year-long job that I had plenty of security in, I had plenty of seniority in, and it was really, really good. But I stepped out like Abraham into a world that I did not know, and I gave up that job. Well, I thought, man, I'm going to get to do ministry all the time. This is so cool. So there we were setting up our ministry day in, day out at Hendersonville High School in the, in the theater auditorium. And, and so I had an office in my house, so I thought, I'll get to do all kinds of stuff for ministry. This is going to be really cool. So basically, uh, I would go in there about 7 o'clock in the morning, and I would still be in there at 7, 8 o'clock at night. And I expected my wife to keep my girls from knocking on the door to see their dad. It caused a lot of problems in our marriage to the point that we had to get counseling to wake me up about my priorities. See, sometimes with people in ministry, they get busy doing ministry and forget to minister to who they need to minister to first. And that's my family. So my life got out of whack and through counseling and everything and, and, and realizing the importance of my duties, everything got better. See, in our lives, a lot of times we get unsure of where our lives are headed and we can get off the path real quick that we need to be on when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our work, when it comes to even our worship with God. You see, the question is, will you choose life's journey that our creator is mapped out for you, or, or are you going to go your own way? See, God not only maps out the direction for our lives, God will give us the power to be able to accomplish the direction for our lives. So where are you going? Also, another question is, who are you traveling with? Think about who you're traveling with in life. I remember traveling. How many of you here rode the big yellow cheese, the school bus, when you was in school? Man, I hated that thing, man. Me and my brother, my brother's five years older than me, and I'll never forget this moment. There was a guy on there, his name was Hester. He's back toward the back of the bus. Hester was older than me, Hester was bigger than me, and my brother was sitting across the aisle. Hester jumped on me and beat me up. 
I mean, I had knots on my head and red faced all that. You know what my brother did? Sat over and laughed at me. I'm, man, I, I'm thinking about it now. I'm about to go get counseling. Even think about it. Uh, and I mentioned to my brother, and my brother denies it to this day. Liar, liar, pants on fire. He, I don't know what to deal with, but I didn't want to travel with him too much because most of the time, big brothers ought to take up for little brothers. But when you think about who you're traveling with, it's so important in life. Who are you going down through life's journey with? Because if you get on these surface relationships, you can end up getting hurt really bad. But understanding you have got to put something into the relationship. We're not meant to do that Lone Ranger mentality. If you ever know about Lone Ranger, Lone Ranger, he wasn't lone. Tonto got him out of all kinds of messes. So understand that we are relational beings and we are loving and created by a relational God. And we need God to be able to help us with our relationships. We need God to help us by picking our friends and our spouses. We, friends are going to have a huge impact on you, whether it's positive or whether it's negative in your life. And here's something this morning. The friend you are is the friend that you're going to attract in life. So we need God, number one, and we need other people to travel with us in this journey of life. So that's important. Also, another question is, this is huge, why are you on the journey in this life? No doubt, many of you here, at some point in time, you've wondered, why did I have the parents where I had? Why was I born where I'm at? Why did I grow up here? You begin to ask all those questions, and here's what I want to tell you. You're on this journey because, number one, you're to reflect God's image and you are wired to worship him. That's why he created you. And so let me ask you this question. Who or what are you worshiping? Worship is an intense passion. It's an, it's an intense uh, esteem for a person, a place, or a thing we value the most. Now, it could be our jobs. It could be our homes. It, it could be some kind of movie star out in Hollywood. I don't know. But it could be even yourself. But here's what I know. We live in a world of worship, and our actions will always show what we value the most. So I asked you, who or what do you value the most? Well, I'm going to tell you the top tier two would be our great eternal God, and the local church, okay? Those are a, a top two there, okay? You say, what do you mean? Because when it comes to, to people, we need to find a place that we can belong. We need to find a place that we can call our community where we can give value, that is, worship to God through Jesus Christ. And that's what we do through the local church. We're here to be able to find answers. We're here to be able to experience true community, communion with one another, and have real life change. The very thing of COVID, we knew not what it was going to do over the past year, and we shut down for three months. We had no idea what was taking place, but COVID has changed the world, and I think we can agree upon that. But what's sad about it is today in time, we're getting on the other side of this thing. We have about five, six, seven hundred people that have not come back yet. Are they worshiping the God of fear? People are coming back in, and thank God for those of you that are. But you got to be careful that you don't let the enemy get you to where you're worshiping the God of fear or you're, or you're becoming lazy. I've had, I've had people tell me, oh, I sure do like getting up and putting on my jammies and my coffee and watching Eye Campus. What to say? Where do you get Konania with other people if you only watch church online? Where would you get that? Maybe you're watching online for the very first time. If you're within driving distance, come and see us. We'd love to love on you, and God would too. But think about that. You know, 
If you're not in the area and you're watching here, find a church in your area. But the point of it is God wants you to experience community with other people in that. But also, a lot of times when things change like COVID hit our world, you're not careful. You'll end up taking God for granted and his blessings. That's what a lot of people end up doing. So here's one more question. What are you accomplishing? You see, when we grow up and we go to work, it's not meant to be misery for our lives. It's not meant to be that at all. Our work and our career path is to be an opportunity through that that we worship God, our creator. But if you're not careful, you may become a workaholic. A lot of people do that. They work seven days a week and they don't think anything about it. You've got to have time to be able to take a break away because stress will break you unless you break away. And a good way to break away is to break away once a day, break away once a week, break away once a year. I want to suggest that to you. And a lot of times people say with the old saying, well, the one who dies with the most toys wins. No, that's not the true saying. The true saying is the one who dies with the most toys still dies, right? That's the fact of it is there. And they still die, and they actually really lose. You know why? Because it's not about our accomplishments on this side of heaven. But it's about what we invest on the other side that will outlast this world. What, what are you investing in? How are you investing for that which will outlast this world? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Listen to what Paul says. He said, always be full of joy in the Lord. Say that last three words with me. In the Lord. That's where you're going to be full of joy. He says, I say it again, rejoice. Now, Paul is saying this here, and he's writing this letter here while he's in the Ritz-Carlton and having served, being served like a king. No, no, no. Paul is in prison here while he is writing this letter and he's telling us while he's in prison and in chains to be full of joy. How in the world could Paul tell us to be full of joy when he's in prison? It's very simple. Our inner attitude doesn't have to reflect our outward circumstance. Did you get that? Our inner attitude never has to reflect what's going on in the exterior of the world. And that's what Paul was making on here. Because he was full of joy in the Lord, not in the world, not in the circumstances, not in what's going on, what's taking place financially, or what's going on in the relationship, or what's going on with the health. His joy was full because it was in the Lord. So today, when you think about your journey of joy, there's four particular things I want to point out to you about joy. Joy is an option. That's just the way it is. It's an option for you and for me. We have all kinds of options in life. But the greatest joy you'll ever have is when you enter a relationship with Jesus Christ who gave his life for you and me and resurrected again so that we could be committed to him and live his priorities and have a wonderful life that he has mapped out for us. So no matter what happens to me in life, and no matter what happens to you, there's going to be emotional ups and downs. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. There's going to be stress that's going to come in your life. There's going to be sickness that's going to come in your life. There's going to be a time that you don't see the downsides of the company that's going to hit you in life. There's going to be times that someone may show up on your door and they serve you divorce papers that you never saw coming. Those kind of things are going to happen in life. But we can experience the joy of inner delight that God promises for those who love Him and are committed to him no matter what we're going through. It's a choice that I have to make every single day. It's a choice that you need to make in your life. No matter what, every obstacle or curveball is thrown at you comes in your life. It's going to happen. Sometimes you're going to feel like throwing in the towel. 
Sometimes you're going to feel like quitting when circumstances hit you. Your options when it hits you is joy or misery. Which one are you going to choose? Sometimes you, you feel like that. Listen, joy is, is going to give you eternal rewards. But let me tell you what misery is going to do. Misery just leads us to more misery and more misery. How many of you remember? How many of you remember Hee Haw? Remember I hear, remember Hee Haw? Room despair and agony on me. Oh! Some people live like that every day. Every day. It's just woe is me. Woe is me. Misery or joy, it's a choice. Look what James here, the stepbrother Jesus said. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Trouble, great joy. How does that equate here? It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, see, your faith is tested. Unless it's tested, you don't have no testimony, church. Faith's got to be tested to have a testimony. So it says, your endurance has a chance to do what? To grow. So he goes on to say, so let it grow. Look at the person next to you and say, let it grow. Let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. I was, I was listening over to my granddaughter's house, and she had on, I think the movie on, was it uh, Frozen? And, uh, and, uh, and let it grow, let it grow. I think I'll start changing it to that, you know, maybe. Anyway, but when I choose joy, okay, as I face junk, it brings me to the right perspective about my problems, because you're always going to have problems. You're coming out of them, you're in them, or they're coming your way. So you got to have the right perspective. And it reminds me that there is a purpose for everything. Even in the worst times, God can produce something good out of the junk when you choose joy in our Savior. It is a fact in that. So joy there is an option in that. I just want you to understand that even in the worst of times for our lives in that. But it, listen, joy also is a connection. You say, what do you mean a connection? Joy is not only an option, but it is a connection that you have. That There's no such thing as instant joy. There's no such thing as drinking joy juice. Now, some of you may be drinking some juice and you think it's joy, but it's not. Trust me, okay? Joy is only through the Spirit of the Lord. He says to get drunk on the Holy Spirit of God. That's the only one I see to, to be able to hit a, a 10 in, okay? With a breathalyzer. It's a spiritual breathalyzer. Get drunk in the Holy Spirit, okay? I want you to understand that. But anyway, with that being said, I want you to know that joy is through that spiritual relationship with someone that cares more for you than you can ever imagine in your life. I want to do something yesterday, and so I, I pulled this vine off yesterday. It's a little bit different what it is, and what, what happened to it, it doesn't look the same life that it has, does it? It's just not there because I disconnected it from its source. And I got to thinking about that. That was the very thing that Jesus was trying to get across to me and you, and when he was talking about in our lives. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, look what it says. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Just like this. Apart from the vine, this branch is dead and done, dried up. Let's do it. Just drying up. 
That's what ends up happening in life when we don't remain in Him. And when you are being fruitful, then you experience joy in Jesus. He wants us to stay fully connected to him and waiting every day. He's waiting every day for you to bring him your hopes. He's waiting every day for you to bring him your dreams. He wants you to be able to seek out his face for your very heart's desires. But it's up to you whether you're going to stay connected or not. Are you going to dry up and you're going to fade away and you cannot do nothing apart from him? And he promises here what he'll do in our lives. Paul said that in Philippians 1 and 6. He says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Let me tell you something about joy. Joy can seem so unattainable in life. My life as a pastor, I'm telling you what right now, there have been times that I wanted to walk away from the ministry. I'm telling you straight up. There's been times I wanted to walk out and I want to say, I'm done. You think, well, not you, Pastor T. We see you smiling all the time. You see sometimes, there's sometimes I get on this stage when I am hurting on the inside, but I'm smiling on the outside. But I knew, I know in my relationship with God, I've got to choose joy. Because if I don't choose joy and you see me misery, you're going to see my misery. And all we're going to do is be miserable together. And there's times that I get low, and there's times that I have bad times. And you know what? Life can get so serious at times with our problems. And you know, sometimes I let it get me down. I think, man, I've got to choose joy in Jesus, not misery in the enemy. The enemy wants to tear you up and tear you down and pull you away. And you know what? Sometimes I think I just have to remember that joy is the connection. And joy is a process in my life. And joy is something that God wants to produce in my life. He wants to produce that in your life. Sometimes I just think we need to step back and laugh at ourselves. <laughs> you say, what do you mean, Pastor? In spite of my circumstances, I just need to laugh at myself. Regardless of how serious problems might be in life I promise you this there will always be somebody who's worse off than you and me and you know what when it comes to seriousness of life sometimes we take ourselves way too serious and we don't take our great god serious enough look what it says here John 15 again and jumping down to verse 9 through 11 it says he says Jesus says I've loved you even as the father has loved me remain in my love when you obey my commands you remain in my love just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love you see the correlation of remain the endurance that you do from the writing of the scripture here he says I've told you these things so that you will be filled with what's those two words said out loud my joy. He owns the joy. Not the world's joy. Not the happiness in the world. He owns the joy. It's my joy, he says. Yes, your joy will overflow. Listen, you cannot pour out love on other people when you're totally empty yourself. If you totally choose all the things that's bad in your life and you live in, mem in misery, you're just going to be an empty vessel. But you got to choose joy and be overflowing like he's talking about here. To overflow on somebody that's hurting out there in the world that needs you to touch their lives. See, our lives ought to just cause joy jerks everywhere we go. That when you show up, you're so joyful. People jerk their heads and say, what are you being so joyful for in such a joyless world? Then you have an opportunity to tell them about Jesus despite what we're going through, despite the things that we face. It's so important we understand that. It's about the connection. 
You're just going to dry up and wither away. Also, joy is a trust. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever trusted someone and they let you down? Would you be honest enough to raise your hand? I think everybody ought to raise their hand because we've all been let down by somebody's another human. Maybe they started something with you and they didn't finish it. They abandoned you. Maybe they abandoned you in a relationship. Maybe they abandoned you in a marriage. Maybe they abandoned you in friendship or abandoned you in a business. It's because they're people. They're not. They're human. What I love about Jesus, I can trust him because he was on his way to Calvary. And what all he went through with the beatings, the six trials that he went through, the mocking and the reproach and the spitting and putting the man naked on a cross and driving spikes through his hands and through his feet and a spear in his side. And he just says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he dies for me and he dies for you. He paid the ransom for my sins and your sins. And you know what? It didn't end in a tomb. He come out of the tomb on the third day. And the same power and the same joy and the same love that he has is available to me and to you. He's not going to leave you high and dry in this life if you're connected to him and then you can trust him. It says in Hebrews 13 and verse 5 there, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Understand God is not a quitter and what he has started in you, he is going to complete that work and, and as long as you will trust him in your life. You've got to trust him. So we know joy is an option. Option, your option. Joy is a connection. Joy is really a trust, but ultimately joy is a man. Joy is a man. You say, what do you mean? What I'm going to take you on in a little journey here just in a moment, I need you to focus on what I'm going to tell you because you might take a snippet of it and take out of context what I'm about to tell you. So you got to get the whole. There's so many preachers that I see that they put a snippet of something online and it never meant what they said and they make a bad guy out of them when they have ministries for 20 and 30 years that were wonderful. So I hope you understand what I'm saying. Listen, what I'm going to tell you. This is what God's speaking to me. Christians can end up with their joy going up and down because they have replaced following the man Jesus by following teachings traditions and principles that they pick and they choose to stand up for oh man we got to stand up here we got to be able to stand up for the homeless people you got a bed you got a bed they don't have a bed we got to stand up for the homeless people or, man, we've got to stand up for the orphans. Man, they don't have a home. They don't have a mom. They don't have a dad. we got to stand up for the orphans. Or people say, man, we've got to stand up for those victims in sex trafficking. They're getting used and abused. It's a sad situation. we got to stand up for it. we got to stand up for the hungry kids. You've got food in your refrigerator, don't you? Well, they don't. we got to stand up for the hungry kids. Or we got to stand up for medical relief for AIDS in Africa. It's out of control. What's wrong with these things? nothing they're wonderful things to stand up for but here's what ends up happening people get this silo mindset to where that they pick out what they see that's most important to stand for that brings them joy and then if you don't adhere to what brings them joy because of their tunnel vision on that biblical principle they get mad at you because you don't jump on their bandwagon 
You have got to be called to what you're doing. You've got to feel the leadership of the Holy Spirit to be part of any particular thing that God wants you to do to make a difference. People end up picking and choosing. They get mad because you don't have the joy that they have, but maybe God's not calling you to do that. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, once again, following traditions. People, people end up following traditions and they become joyless. They say, what do you mean? When we started this church, I had a pastor tell me, oh, you need to have Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night Bible study. And I thought, where'd you read that at? Tell me. Where'd you read that at? The pastor that married me, I'll say like him, if you can find that in this book right here, I'll eat it page by page. Now, does that make it anything wrong with people having going to church three times a day? Go as many times as you want to. The work ain't inside the church. The worship is. The work's out there. That's where the work is. It's out there in the world. Oh, but it's how much time you need to spend in prayer. The tradition of prayer. The tradition of how many pages you read in the Bible. All oh, the tradition of how you dress. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it's heretics up here with a white Levi's jacket on. That is just so uncommon of a good preacher. They said, well, you need to be an ambassador of Christ. You're representing Christ. Don't misconstrue the Scripture and what the meaning of it is in the root of the Scripture. Yes, we have a dress code here. Wear clothes. If you're not wearing them, we'll let you know if you're naked, okay? Just the way it is. But we go on and we jumped on those traditional bandwagons, and they are just joyless Christians. They're just, just joyless. You know, you can tell they're good old Christians. You know, they're adhering to their traditions, you know? When you pick and choose, listen to me closely, why do they end up joyless? Why do, they, why do they end up joyless when you're being like this? When you pick and choose certain teachings, certain traditions, and certain principles, you can miss the power in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what you can miss. It's about following Jesus, the person and the power of Jesus. Don't push on me what God's calling you to do. I only want to be in on what God's calling me to do. And I'll be joyful and you'll be joyful. And we'll love Jesus together. Can I get a witness, church? Are you with me? You end up living a dry, listen, you just, listening. You just end up living a dry life. Yeah, how many of you ever met a dry Christian before? Raise your hand. You met that dry Christian? Now, if you're sitting beside them, have them come on up here. We're going to anoint them with oil. Get them in the living water right today, okay? But there's a lot of just dry Christians because they disconnected themselves from the source. Can't get, you can't live and, and make joy just an option. You can't live and just make joy just a, uh, I, I might get connected. I, I might not. can't make joy to where I don't trust God with everything in me. you got to make joy, joy in the man and the person of Jesus Christ, or you'll end up a joyless life and just be dry like some of old dry Christians. You know, you get around them, you love Jesus? Yeah, I love Jesus. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, you really do. Bless the name of the Lord. But how do you be joyful? Even the way you don't understand, Pastor, I'm joyful while I'm worshiping. I'm joyful while the preacher's preaching. How do you be joyful from the parking lot out there? That's the question. How do we be joyful beyond the parking lot? Because there's people out there that's hurting and need the joy of Jesus. They're hurting and they're broken. If we make joy an option and we don't stay connected, 
And we don't trust him for everything, no matter what our external circumstances is. And we don't follow the person Jesus. They're going to miss what God wants to do to reach them through you. Through you, through me. Check this out. John chapter 7, verse 37. Listen to what's happening here and what Jesus does. It says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Thirsty. They're dry. They're dry. They're hurting. They're thirsty. They're broken. See, the enemy, he likes to walk with people that are disconnected in the dry places. Get you thirsty and broken and hurting. But Jesus says here, he says, here, he says, come to me. He said, anyone's thirsty, come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of life water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit. Now, in this moment, he had not went to the cross. The spirit came down after, the, after he ascended back to heaven, after he died, come out of the tomb, spent 30, 40 more days on the earth. And then when he ascended back to heaven and the spirit fell on Pentecost, that's when the spirit came. So look at the correlation here. The Holy Spirit produces dryness in our lives of living water. That's what it says there in Galatians 5 and verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in our lives. We don't have to be dry in our lives. Joy is an option. Joy is a connection. Joy is a trust and joy is a man. You know what? I need joy in my life when I'm driving home. I need joy in my house. I need joy in my relationship with my wife. I need joy when I'm at work. I need joy when I'm facing disappointments. I need joy when pain is ensuing me so bad I just want to give up. I need joy in Jesus. That's why God, His Son Jesus, came down the stairway of heaven and was born of a Virgin Mary. The last three years of his life, he presented a joyful plan of eternal love and hope of knowing and reaching to God and connecting back with the Father. He gave his life on the cross to be able to enjoy joy, to follow a man who was beat, who was put to death, and who rose again back to life. He chose to die. So we could all live by paying the price for humanity's sins. There's only one road to get to that journey of joy. Jesus said this of himself in, in John's gospel, chapter 14, verse 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus who alone can offer a life full of joy. You have to have an eternal heart transformation to be able to understand that it's coming and being born again of Him. So instead of following God's direction, a lot of people in life's journey, they choose to go their own way. And friend, I want to tell you, don't choose to go your own way. My question is, have you truly, not in here know God, but you know God in here is the source of all true joy. Think about the opportunities that you've had to know Jesus, to get on the right road and get on the right journey in life with Jesus. And maybe you said, not now, not now. Second Peter 3, 9 says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises. 
about his promise, he says, as some people think, no, he's being patient for you, for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. Greek word metanoia, change of mind, turn 180, go the direction on the journey of life with Jesus. It makes you wonder when people say no to him, just how many more opportunities he may give you. Life's short. James said that in 4 and 14. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Think about that. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. So my prayer is, is you know Christ. I do not assume that of anybody. It's your decision. But it's worth it for your joy in this journey called life. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, thanking you for being the source of all joy. We praise you and we honor you and thank you for that. God, I pray for every person here that might have been beat up by life yesterday, the week before, or whenever, God. Lord, I pray for each one, Lord, that they will allow the inner inner joy of you, Lord Jesus, and that attitude to be able to take over what external circumstances hits them in their life. And that can happen because you are God. And I pray for that through the power and the person of Jesus Christ. How many of you here, while we're bowing, praying to God, would you just lift your hand and say, man, I've had a tough time. Tough time. Joy has just evaded me and it's been really tough. Would you lift your hand and say, man, that's me today. Just lift your hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see hands going up. God bless every one of you for your honesty. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, man, it's just been a joyless time. God bless you, sister. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just man and say, it's just been tough, pastor. Would you pray to him right now and seek his face and just tell him, say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I want to, I just really want to live in a joyful state with you despite my circumstances. God knows that as you're praying to him, there's going to be times that you're going to cry. There's going to be times you're going to laugh. But you're not living in a roller coaster of external circumstances wigging you out. But you're living despite everything that you know the man Jesus. And he's with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to be the joyful man to bless you and be with you in all the hardest times of life. Bless them as they pray for that Lord Jesus. Maybe you're here and you know that you're joyless because you've never received Jesus as Lord. Maybe you're watching online. God wants to come into your heart. And what you need to do in your mind right now is just pray to him and say, God, I admit I've messed up. I've fallen short of perfection. God, I just want to turn from my sins and do all I can to do a U-turn and move to you. I want to receive you as my own. Just tell him that. Just ask him to forgive you of your sins and say, Lord, I'm going to give you full control of my life. I want to get on the journey of joy today. Save me. My life is yours. If you prayed that right now, just thank him for that. If you're a Christian who's become dry and joyless, just... Seek his face right now in this time together. You gave your life to Christ for the first time. I want you to let me know that. 
Pastor Jim will be out in a moment and he'll tell you how to do that, but we want to know that. And I pray, God, right now, Lord, as, we, as your spirit's moving in this place, God, help us, God, to be joyful people that the world needs you. People need you, Jesus. They need your joy despite what they face and the things they go through and the hurdles and, and the pains and, and the things that comes at us and the circumstances of life, God. May we be encouragers through the joy of Jesus Christ. Thank you. May that fruit come from our lives, the attribute of joy. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, amen. Let's give him praise, church, all right? Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today online. We know that you weren't able to join us in the auditorium, but that's totally fine because you've made this a priority in your life to make sure that you are receiving God's word. If you received Christ for the first time today, that's absolutely awesome, but we want to know about it. So if you can, if you're on Facebook, in the description there's a link. Go ahead and hit that and fill it out uh, on our connection card that you received Christ. If you're on our website, if you're on an app, hit the menu at the top and you can do the same thing from there. So if you're already on the connection card, you probably are noticing some other next steps that might be interesting to you. If you are interested in any one of those, just check those and when you submit that, it'll inform us and we can be in contact with you to answer any questions that you may have about those next steps. So this is the time of our service where we're gonna jump into our giving. At Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. This is just another act of worship where we trust God with what he has blessed us with. If you're on Facebook, again, in the description, there's a link there. You can give securely, safely on the website and the app. Also in that menu, you can see a place to do that as well. But just because we're in the, the time of technology doesn't mean you can't do it the old-fashioned way. There is an address at the bottom of the screen that you can send it to, and it'll, come, it'll show up safe as well. Or just drop it by the office anytime Monday through Thursday between 8 and 5, and we will receive it. Other than that, you have a great day.